Hello and welcome to the very first Pixel Hunt podcast where we deep dive and analyse games one letter at a time. I'm Sol, Nez or Famicom, that is the question. Mm, I'm Mark, that's a very, very, very small question, Nez. Yes, I'm Dan, I'm with Mark, neither of us are Japanese, so I'm, I'm firmly in the Nez camp. Before we start, did I ask? Did I hear you ask what, what we're all about? No. No, we definitely we didn't ask we, that. We, at we all. could do if you want. Do you want us to ask that? What what let's not what ask you, it and see oh, what he does. Oh okay, yeah. I need you to. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, what's it all about? Oh well, let me tell you. Partly inspired by the brilliant Bitmap Books excellent visual compendium, link in the show notes, I'm not paid to say this. And a desire to waffle about games. We're making our way from A to Z of Nintendo's classic NES system or Famicom. But we're not doing the classics. Everyone knows the classics. That's not what we're about. So, using our patented random select to randomize a game picking system. For legal reasons, we just want to say at this point, it's not patented. Don't tell people, Mark, because then they might get in front of us and patent it and then we've lost out. They can't, unless they're going to rip out his vocal cords when he goes, whatever noise he makes when when he's pulling his randomizer. You're, you're, you're picking up the curtain, you're letting people see. But yeah, honestly, it's, uh, I just throw a list of games into a random word generator on Google. Anyway, we're on the hunt, a pixel hunt, if you will, to hopefully uncover some gems and more than likely some turds in the process. But before we get on to the games, this first episode is just going to be a little introduction to us, the NES, the Famicom, and then we'll crack on into the games. So what is this NES then? What, what is the Famicom? Well, um, designed by Masayuki Umura, after Hiroshi Yamuchi, president at the time, put forward a proposition. He simply said, make me something that lets you play arcade games on your TV at home. Nice brief. Or, more specifically, he probably said something like this. Make me something that I did you play arcade game on your TV at home. Is that racist? <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> probably. It's a bit. That's why we'll just drop a link in there. <laughs> right. Launched in Japan in 1983 as a family computer, or Famicom, with Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and Popeye. Come 1985, it had sold 2.5 million units. So where do you go from there? The West beckons, starting with the US. But problem is, Games Crash of 83. Nobody was interested in games. People thought they were dead. Marketed as an entertainment system, the clues in the name, Nintendo Entertainment System. It played game packs via its control deck, redesigned to look like a modern piece of kit far removed from video games. When you say game packs via its control deck, yeah. do you mean cartridges? Via the console. Absolutely. Right, good. But, okay, I get what you're on about now. But they didn't want to do that Why? because they'd all been burnt by Atari's overwhelming desire to just put rubbish into the market, which killed the market and uh, resulted in them burying uh, ET cartridges in a desert. I remember that. Wasn't that, didn't people say that that was uh, like, you know, some kind of urban legendy didn't happen? thing no it's, it, it definitely happened there's yeah, a, found a, there's a netflix oh, film there's a film on ah. that I've, I've seen et yeah i've seen et not et there's a film about the cartridge oh what, do you know what et shot for because he's only got little legs That's e- it. There we anyway go. <laughs> they um did a bit of a trojan horse and in the way of getting this into people's homes in the states they chucked rob in there rob. the robot operated buddy that didn't look like it looked like a toy 
didn't look like a video games console. So they were trying to shove it in. Um, she says. They, so, I mean, they, <clears throat> they've designed it not to look like a toy. Not like a video games machine. What did they think it was? They wanted it to look like a toy <laughs> or a piece of entertainment. They didn't want. It looks like an old top loading VHS player. Yeah, does. Think, does. Yeah, I think that's the idea it, on it. It doesn't look like a games machine. It looks no. like a, and then bundle Rob into it, and then you get a little the toy aspect. Mm. It uh, soft launched in October 85 in the States. Some claimed it a flop. Some claimed it was positive, but it was enough to push it forward uh, with an official launch in 86. And it eventually made its way to us guys in Europe in 1987, a staggering four years later. That is a big... That's like... A console generation, there's a amount of time before it got to us. But I guess the plus point with that is, by the time it got to us, there were all sorts of juicy stuff out for it, wasn't there? Well, this is it. So, what's your memory of the system itself? And- I never owned one, so the only time I ever played one back when I was a kid, Boots, which is a chemist, but used to sell video games, and it had a demo thingy of the Nintendo in there and you could play for like a two minute stint on all of the games that that were out at that time for the system. So you had Mario on there, you had Duck Hunt on there. There was some cowboy thing that I can't remember what it was called. Wild Gunman. Is that what it was? And so that was that was my, my only experience of it, having an Amstrad at the time, was going in there and playing that and thinking, wow, I wish I could afford one of these, but we couldn't. Was it essentially a play choice machine? Kind did, of. Did you have to pay for it? Was it free? No, it was free. For the listeners, I'm the baby of the group. I'm 10 years younger than these old farts. So um, I don't remember this. Boots was not fun for me as a kid. It was just somewhere you went and got your holiday snaps developed. No. From Boot, your, in- Boots was a place where you loitered. You would go and just hang out in Boots because all the games were in Boots for all of the platforms. And then you could play on all the machines up at the up at the top end. Sold everything. Amstrad, Spectrum. Johnny's. They had a proper games section. Um, yeah, and if you wanted to put your game in a condom, then it, you was, that was a place to go. A pretty big condom to fit a NES game in. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Your NES? <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I had a NES as a youngster. I got one for Christmas. It was uh, part of a... Nin- uh, Ninja Turtles pack, which came bundled with a pizza, I believe, if I, ma- I remember, if I remember rightly. If Again, I- as the old the one that can remember this, it didn't actually come with a pizza because they've all been going off on Boots shelves. But I think we got a voucher for a McCain's pizza that you could redeem at uh, various high street stores. I don't think you could play the pizza. That wasn't no a cartridge. But everyone was pizza. Pizza mad, and well, people still are pizza mad, but everyone were turtles mad at that time. That was the height of turtle power. It yeah. seems odd <laughs> selling a, a games console with a free pizza. Why not? <laughs> <It's> turtles, <laughs> turtles. a game. Well, it's a marketing thing, isn't it? Because they were all to pizza mad, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I imagine it wasn't anchovy pizza. I don't think you'd have fed an anchovy pizza to a what would I have been five at the time? Four, five year old. I don't know. We might have done as a joke. You would, because you're yeah. my older brother, and you do things to make me feel pain. Well, the first the first time I ever saw one, aside from Boots, which, like I said, I can't remember, 20 seconds or a minute, you might have got a minute or two, and this is something, you didn't get long on it, and it was long enough for just the Boots employer to throw you out. You, got, you definitely got long enough to beat a level of Mario, yeah. once you got reasonably proficient at doing a level of Mario. Well, a friend of, uh, uh, of mine at school had the full shebang, Zapper, Rob... Oh, back to boots. This is quite funny because you'd be sat in there playing it and they go, you're going to buy that. And you'd be like, I'm eight. 
<laughs> probably it's 300 quid. Probably not. But I'll have some polos. <laughs> he, uh, this was time you could go out, you could go out at school on a lunchtime and we'll go down to his and he'd have Super Mario Brothers and the Zapper and everything. And it was like nothing again. I had an Amstrad like Mark and it was like nothing I'd ever seen at this stage, about 80, 88, 89 possibly. Was it that late? But it was such a leap up yeah. from, 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 uh, you traditionally, you know, we were playing Amstrad's and Spectrums, and yeah. then you played that. Then you played Super Mario Brothers, and it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. Yeah, my introduction to gaming was through you, Sol, on your Amstrad. So I, that, I, I can't remember how old I was, but I wasn't very old. Be nine? Possibly eight, ten. nine. How old are you, Dan? 34. So you're like 10 years younger than us. I distinctly remember this. You were sat in a high chair with a bib on. And you were less than one, so maybe I was ten, eleven then. Mm. So that was the first time I met you. Oh. <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a big, <laughs> big moment in your life. I know. Going back to um, just touching on the games, then. So obviously we, we spoke about the system there, but going back to the game crash, the, the reason the game crash happened in the states was just overwhelming torrent of turds. We've just been thrown out. Probably arrogance on Atari and ColecoVision t- 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 side. Was just, although by anything, we'll just throw it out. They and were, people stopped <coughs> buying it. They were just totally they going for quality over quantity. And let's churn this out over in where? a week. Whack it on a... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> quantity over quality. Yeah. Churn it out in a week. They'll buy it. Get it on a shelf and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, so Nintendo came along with the quality assurance steel. Uh, st- quality assurance stamp, which ensured... Whether you, what was it again? <laughs> it was a stamp of quality by Nintendo. their quality stamp thing. Right. Nintendo oh, the shiny, seal of, yeah. the shiny, shiny Nintendo, metal. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo seal of quality. Yeah. Something like that. I think they had seals in it. Anyway, <laughs> but the point being is that they, they made sure it were, were a success with bona fide classics. So the likes of Duck Hunt with a zapper. Awesome. Excite bike. Amazing. With a motorbike. With a motorbike. Not Golf. Yep. With that's golf balls. That's a golf game. Ice climber. Yeah. Kung Fu, which is Kung Fu Master in all but name. Tennis, Wild Gunman, Wrecking Crews, and then of course Super Mario Brothers, which was bundled in with most. And then after those, they, they were the launch games, and after that, further classics, which we're still seeing nowadays, the likes of Metroid, Zelda, Castlevania, Contra, Kid Icarus, all those followed. And I think that's why this is a good choice for this first console, because all of those games created genres, and everyone knows what all of those games are, and really everything but those games has been forgotten, hasn't it? So Pretty much, a lot's come and gone, hasn't it? And but we're going to find out why, and I hope not in a bad way. Well, <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's, there's, we've got a thousand games to go at. Nice. So we should find some good ones. I don't want to play that many. Well, no. How many letters are in the alphabet? It's not a thousand. No. no. Which alphabet? English? No. Yes. Good question. Yeah, because I can't speak Russian. But like you said, those those genre, those games were, they are the genres. They are the genres. Not, oh, a Metroid style game that had never been before. Yeah. It was, look, look at this game. 
Yeah, I mean, there's still there now out, out there. So you've got like, even recently, I played loads of those Metroid-style games, one of my favourite types of games. So like Ori is amazing. And then really recently, you've got like Dead Hollow Cells. Knight. You've mm-hmm. got, yeah, Dead Cells. You've got um, Owlboy. You know, they're all, I, I love those sorts of games. Mm-hmm. And then again, with Zelda, that created a genre all of its own. There'd been sort of RPG-type games before but nothing like that at all zelda created its own genre and <clears throat> and it was the same game from then right up until the breath of wild when they decided to change it slightly yeah <laughs> every game was zelda <laughs> no but the thing is even with breath of the wild this is what i liked about it it really did i think stay true to those same roots that it had it just it just had more freedom to do it in a different order which you didn't have before if you mm. go back and play the first zelda which a lot of people who are listening if you're hopefully you're listening uh, on the mini nares and things, you you've without the instructions because it doesn't come with the instructions, and you it, you're you're at a loss of what to do. Right, and yeah, that's a feeling that the Breath of the Wild gives you as soon as you drop out of that first and holdy element where yeah. you get yeah, you, 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 where you get over the wall, yeah. and you're like, so what do I do now? Yeah, what's happening? And yeah. and the guy at work says, well, just do what you want. What? Yeah. Uh, th- th- what? <laughs> speed run it. Yeah, speed run it in eight seconds. So all that being said. I don't think it's too bold a statement to suggest that would gaming be where it is nowadays if the NES had not no. resurrected the, the... I think Mark saw where you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, is, 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 the, is there a more important console for home gaming? I don't think so. I don't think so either. In the UK, we, are, we, we had Amstrad Spectrums and then we started sliding towards Amigas, STs. Yeah. So we, we didn't see this crash. We lived in our own little bubble. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to some extent, probably Europe did as well. But um, the, in, in terms of kicking it off from a global global centre, I think we wouldn't be where we were now without the NES. Definitely not. Definitely not. Like I say, it's too many genre-defining games. The creation of the control pad, you know, before yeah. that, it was a joystick with one button. Or keyboard yeah. that, that lasted about one game a daily Thompson's decathlon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those Atari ones were as sturdy as they looked. How many how many Atari joysticks did you see? Just a, a yeah, transparent just, white yeah, collar. The, the black, all the, the black, black plastic casing had gone. They're just a, 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 yeah, a little white column that, that just was always your, pointing your palm in one direction. To, yeah. to bits. Nice. See, I don't really remember that. <clears throat> I, I'm a, probably a little young for the Atari stuff, but I'm, obviously I've played it since. Because that's the cool Crappy. thing to do. Yeah, rubbish. It's, but it, I remember the 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 Amstrad. Oh, and, and they had they had tons of cool joysticks. Yeah, there were loads like of crazy your, ones. Your quick fires and yeah. zipstick. My yeah. favorite. The, so, the, the one. What's the one they held? Zipstick. There was like the zipstick. The con- speed yeah, king. Con- sorry, speed, speed king. king. Yeah, it was um, to try and describe it. It's it was curved like so. You had it in your hand, and the the fire button was actually where the middle finger was, like you were cupping it. You know, imagine you cupping some balls. It was like, like a that, kidney. And then you held the imagine. joystick on the top. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good. And then there were some really bizarre ones. So I remember at one point I had um, I had a joystick that was a huge ball, not like a track ball. <laughs> it was a huge ball with two, with two almost like mouse button things on it, but it just clicked. It was the most pointless attempt at a joystick. It didn't roll anywhere. You just kind of slid it forward and backward and it clicked. Well, do you, but, that without wanting to shoe on this in, yeah. very interesting that you bring uh, joysticks and add-ons and peripheries up because the NES wasn't particularly short of them either, or the Famicom. 
had a, a plethora a of add-ons. Smorgasbord. But before we before we move on to that, do you want to hear a advert from back in the day? Let's do it. Yes. What will the future bring from Nintendo? More hits like Super Mario Brothers. Arcade hits like Kung Fu. Nintendo has the most video game hits. Hogan's Alley, Duck Hunt, and more like Baseball and Excite Fight. And you can play them only on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. That was some hardcore 80s shizzle right there, wasn't it? It couldn't have been more 80s. Dry ice. Yeah. Deep it, voice. It almost looks like it's been made now as a tribute to the 80s. That's how 80s it is. Well, it was in space. Everything was in space. Yeah. Even space. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love all the, the name. You mentioned the games earlier, but I just love how Nintendo have gone. Golf. Uh, tennis. They're just all named what they are. Pinball. <laughs> Baseball. Baseball. <laughs> oh, thanks. Puzzle. Does what it says on the tin. So in terms of add-ons... Yeah. We've touched on a couple already, but it's worth probably going over them again. So the Zapper, which <laughs> didn't even want to call it a light gun. The Zapper. That's why it's a Zapper. Yeah, it's cool, the isn't toy it? God, it's, cool. it's a better name anyway. It's cool, isn't it? Zapper. It's, it sounds more yeah. futuristic as well. Zap. Yeah. Just a, in reality, it's just a simple light gun. Yeah. But coupled with Duck Hunt and Ogun's Alley and Wild Gunman, it just, it sold so many copies. Yeah, I remember, pl- I remember playing it as a kid and I couldn't fathom it seemed amazing to me to shoot something on the telly. How it worked. Like, Whoa, how, does that, what? how does that even work? I still, Why don't, is understand, this I still don't understand it properly now. <laughs> but kids kids love it now. We we uh, I went with the lad to, we, well, we went to play Blackpool last year. Oh, yeah. And they had a Nintendo cab with and with uh, Duck Hunt in it. And they just spent most of the afternoon playing Duck Hunt, which shows that... It still is. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah. That, that's the thing. F- fun is always fun. Fun is... It, it doesn't change. Yeah, no, get that it, on a t-shirt. It might not look fun. It's always fun. It might not look as good as something does nowadays, but arguably it's more fun than most of the stuff. Well, I've got a theory on this Ooh. before we go on. Oh, to go on. It sounds like it's going to get interesting. Yeah. Right. Let me get my popcorn. Why is retro and retro themed things so popular? I don't know, because quite frankly for me, uh, it, 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 the golden age of gaming, I think for the most part, rubbish other than the classics that we've mentioned. I've got, also, a little bit of a theory towards that is that they were under so many constraints. You know how powerful PCs are now and consoles, even. Yeah. They were constrained by so little memory that they had to work with. They had yeah. to think about smart ways around it and they had to think about the game design more and more. Yeah. Um, and they were pioneers as well. Possibly, so. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the, the thing is, as well, you know, how difficult it was to program a game back then you yeah. know because you know it, i got the the amstrad first and because we couldn't really afford many games i taught I, I read through the basic book and i knew how to do basic and the first musical instrument i played was the amstrad so i learned <laughs> how to do the music on the amstrad is sound comma one comma 100 comma and each thing denoted how long the sound was and the note of the sound and whether it was layered or not and then it took so long you know to make one tiny song and then you look now you just play it on a keyboard and you just fatten it out in in whatever you're going to use. But, but yeah, I, I, it took skill. I think kids nowadays they've got it. They've got it all. And yes, you say it's a golden age of gaming at the minute because it's so technologically advanced. You, your bloodborns, etc. The the two of the forces. Oh yeah. But 
everyone's going back to gaming on the smartphones as well and little apps and I think that's helped to drive simplicity and people for, to reconnect back to simple things which is why Duck Hunt it appeals to a 10 year old yeah, because it's, it, it is simple yeah you know what you're doing yeah, yeah. like Fortnite yes yeah. it might be under the hood it's doing all kinds of things but ultimately it's just 100 people on just shooting people shooting each other yeah. and there are a lot of modern games I play for so many hours and then actually sit and think Am I having fun? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm just playing it. You just, mm. well, yeah. I'm just killing time. Yeah, because a lot of them are are just like wheel turny. Yeah, going through the motions, not, not nothing there. But going back to these old games, they are games at their purest kind of form because they couldn't put any else. of the frosting yeah. around them. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, you know, some games you'll forgive for not being a game because the storyline's amazing or it's legitimately a piece of art or, you yeah. know, whatever. They didn't have that luxury back then. It was all about the game. So that's the, that's the good thing, I guess. Games as art is a different <clears throat> topic altogether, excuse me, a different topic altogether, but still a valid one but it yeah they, they're just so simple they just they boil a game back down to its that essence you're used to playing so many different parts of a game and so much to learn in a game and you you play grand theft auto 5 and you've never played a computer game before you'd be absolutely lost yeah you give someone duck hunt and go shoot that duck and don't yeah, it, it's simple it's yeah. pure yeah it's like you do that first mario you learn within a second of playing it a mushroom that falls down good a mushroom that comes across bad then that's the, you know yeah. that, that's ultimately all you need to know really for the rest of that game. If I hit my head with that, that's good. If I hit my feet with that, that's also good. <laughs> and that's it. You know, you don't need any instructions. You're off. Uh, but sometimes that's that's the undoing of some of these things. So moving on to Rob, the robot operator, Buddy, whilst itself as a piece of technology and is quite complex, it the games that came with it were. In order to use it, are so simple that yeah. they're just terrible. All right. So, again, we mentioned it earlier, but Rob, it was made to. It was the Trojan horse. It was there to sell as a toy. Got to you. get it in. To get it in. Get it to the kids. It's not a games machine. It's a little robot that I puts into those, your I entertainment bet they go system. A fortune now, then, as well, don't they? To be honest, I've not looked. Everything retro goes through a fortune mm. nowadays, unfortunately. But the, I've never used a Rob, despite. And again, this speaks volumes as well. Despite my friend at school having all of it, yeah, he never turned it on. Yeah, you'd see, you'd think, you'd think, wouldn't you? That'd be the first thing that you'd gravitate nope. towards. However, Mario if Rose. you if you had one and you realised that it were a pile of pap, then you probably wouldn't yeah. gravitate towards so, it. I've could... never used one either, but it looks to me, well, on, on the face of it, without even picking one up and playing with one, it looks like a robot version of that kind of dumper truck thing that you could uh, program uh, um, yeah. directions into big track yeah, yeah. Um, and I imagine you could do that with the with the NES and it'd move around and, and pick things up well I don't let me tell you about that. the technology very badly as I've <laughs> as I've done a bit of research on it of how okay. it works so in the same way that when you fired your zapper and it uh, used optical flashes yes. on the screen so every time you fired you to shoot a duck it, it flashed um, Rob saw those flashes and reacted to those on screen. So he'd do, he'd do certain actions back based ah, on those. Right, okay. So when a player click, click the trigger, the TV turns black for a second. and and Like a very, very, very early rudimentary version of what it does with the Labo and those stickers. Which is why it's got no. those eyes, you see, because they're actually mm. lenses. Mm. 
So there was two games for it. Uh, Gyromite, which was a platformer where you control like a little uh, professor type character. But when you come up against some blocks that, that uh, the pipes that go up and down that block your path. If you are on the controller, you can give commands to Rob to move the little discs. You know the little discs that he moves from left to right. So there's blue and red discs. No idea. So no, it'll no, go. No. It'll. It'll. On it. He's got a little pedestal in front of him. So he'll move and move a red one, and then the. But I couldn't co- do out cool. Couldn't then get the colour gates would open. Drink or skin up or out. No, it's not that. No, you couldn't. Couldn't take it to pub. So. You, you just use Rob to use it to open those gates and essentially it's co-op with a little robot. Oh, so it's for kids that have got no friends. <laughs> yeah, but we're all <laughs> gaming. Yeah, back, back in the day, we didn't know. Do we play a game? No, you've got a Rob though. <laughs> Did we have any or friends? parents that just stopped at one child. Yeah. Can I have a brother? No, here's a Rob. <laughs> he can move that disc <laughs> if you're good enough at that game. <laughs> so that was Gyromite. Uh... Oh, there was only one more game. Well, it'll be quick this time, Yeah, it? stack up. <clears throat> so there's literally two games that supported Rob, so you can see why it was a success. Yeah, Gyromite and commas. Stack Up. Yeah. And, and even it, Stack Up didn't stack up. He didn't stack up. Very good. See what you did uh, there. So then, Rob yeah. is, in this, is, he's got five blocks and a base where the blocks are placed. and The base guitar. Like a three by three grid and it moves the professor around the grid sounds dreadful yeah, yeah yeah i don't know whether you're describing it badly but it does sound terrible it's supposed to be very poor mm. and i'm probably describing it badly because i've not played it myself so but well, let's move know. on eh? yeah let's move on so they were the main two things that we saw in europe and uh, and in the states but over in japan japan loads of uh, peripherals loads of extra add-ons uh, one of them being, you just mentioned it, Family Basic. Oh, no, Family Basic. Yeah, I was on about Basic on the Amstrad. Yes. But, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is Basic, right? It's called the Family Computer. The yeah. Family, and this family is Family. Con. Yeah, and You like is, doing that like Pokemon, yeah. is Pocket Monster, in it? Yeah. This is Family Basic. Right. And it was developed in conjunction with Hudson and it allowed you to program your own games. But is a is a secret sauce with Nintendo sprites. Ooh. So like a very, very early version of Mario Maker. Yeah. And it came cool. with a keyboard, manual and tape recorder to save your games. Nintendo always rehashing their old stuff. I want to go on that. <laughs> have you got it? Family Basic? Yeah. No. I might have to. Might Do you need a special check. keyboard? Or is it a, a Nintendo keyboard? Or can you just plug a USB one in? Well, not USB. USB. <laughs> be a I don't know. Component. It probably be able to emulate it, won't it? Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I might, I might, I might have a, I might see what I can create throughout the weeks of this uh, podcast. See if I can come up with something decent at the end. Make Super Mario. After twi- how many letters are in the alphabet? <laughs> I've got enough time to knock something plus together. a number. What's that? Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you've got twenty. You've got twenty. Well. well, yeah, you've got to, haven't you? Well, are we starting at a number or is that the end? We're starting at A because okay. that's where the alphabet starts. <laughs> that is where the alphabet begins. Uh, they also had a, a Famicom 3D system. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Which is a stereoscopic headset peripheral. Which Never- is like a very early version of NVIDIA's uh, shutter glasses 3D kind of tech. Is it? Yes. Right. So it's pretty, it works in exactly the same way as the NVIDIA glasses work. Well, what does stereoscopic headset so the, the, sh- the way that the shutter works 
is what it, what it did was at this it, it synchronized with the frequency of the TV and this is the way the Nvidia one works and effectively the the glasses are powered in in a way that um one of them goes completely black while you can see through the other and then the other one does so these flick on and off and then the video, really and quick. then the picture on the TV goes at the same speed as the glasses which gives you the 3D effect oh so, yeah that's, I, I had a I used to have a 3D TV with uh, powered glasses, glasses that's that's exactly the, and when you switch to monitor like you're wearing uh, yes. sunglasses yeah that's it oh, so that's yeah. exactly the same technology as Nintendo used back then and for ages I didn't realise I had dodgy eyes yeah uh, one one dodgy eye and one's great and yeah. then watching a 3d film i'm like it's all really blurry why is that and then i put glasses eye. on under the glasses when i got glasses i'm like holy shit that's actually quite that's impressive yeah. yeah yeah but yeah the um like I say the cool the, the funny thing with those shutters though is they realize with modern technology the only way to do it without making you feel sick and giving you headache is it needs to run on a 120 hertz screen so for it to work properly. 120 hertz your eyes. Because so, you need 60 for each eye. Mm-hmm. Whereas these old TVs that Nintendo were doing it on were 50 hertz TVs, well, which means you're getting 25 per eye. So it would probably, it would probably make your eyes, ears and nose bleed if you played it Well, surprisingly, long. it was a commercial flop with yeah. uh, gamers like, well, reportedly experiencing headaches and nausea. <laughs> 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 if only they'd had you in the uh, development. If, if, got this if one, only I'd have turned up in my DeLorean and gone, don't worry, guys, got this covered. <laughs> you might as well sack it off now. <laughs> uh, th- there is a really good video by My Life in Gaming. Who, if, you, if any listeners don't know who My Life is Gaming, it's a YouTube channel where they cover mainly how to get the best RGB signal out of your, which is how I came to them, how to get the best RGB signals out of your old consoles. Sounds thoroughly fascinating. It actually is. It's a bit, <laughs> of, a, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. So if you've got a loft full of consoles yes. and you want to work out how to get the best picture out of them, it's a little rabbit hole that you can go down. It's really good. But they cover this, uh, the stereoscopy headset in there. It's actually quite impressive how clean and how good those old stuff looks if you use RGB cables. First time I used an RGB SCART on a modern TV from Composite was I bought one for my Mega Drive. Right. And I was playing Road Rash, maybe, and I'm like, wow, this looks clean. Yeah. Yeah, It looks really good. Were it you that sent that video through recently about CRT? Or did I find that myself? The Digital Foundry where they played um, modern Con- stuff on, on, on the on CRT, CRT. And they were blown away by yeah. how good it looks. And they were like, you know, we've lost a lot, really, by by having these modern screens because they're so perfect. They also, you, you know you're watching, you know, something that's fake, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the, the imperfection of the CRT TVs, when you push a modern signal through it, actually makes it look a ton better. It's a little softer, it's and more I natural. Re- I remember as well, when me and Sol had Amstrad's when we were little, your monitor broke and your mum bought you the thing that connected it to the TV. An RF modulator. And when we connected it to TV, everything looked amazing to an RF. Like, wow, this has levelled up the graphics, hasn't it? And all it was was scan lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's worth checking that video out anyway because it's, re- it's it's interesting. They only did, they did four games on the Famicom and four on the disk system, which is another uh, peripheral that, released in japan we never saw it again in the west and it literally is a, a disc add-on that bolts onto the bottom of the famicom 
same type of discs as we're on, like them big five inch floppy BBC no, no, no. things, or no. the little ones like little on Amiga, hard case, like the Amiga, not, not the Amiga, which were very close to like three and a half inch PC type discs. Weren't yeah, they? these are like like little cartridges, like you know, very like similar to the Amstrad PCW type discs. Oh yeah, where they were a weird the shape. Yeah. yeah, got you. Yeah, um, but obviously with with the discs, you had bigger uh, capacity, which is. Uh, where Metroid and Zelda originally started, and then when the disc system was didn't come to the West, they recorded them and put them in cartridges. Right, cool. But I wonder if they're playing any different. I don't know. But with G with Japan being the bonkers place it is, I'd love to go to Japan. Um, they you could actually get discs out of vending machines, then take them home, and then when you f- uh, finish playing with them, you take them back and reburn a, a different game onto them that's yeah. very um efficient yeah, yeah also it's like Netflix. are you saying japan yeah, is not japan. an efficient place where they go bonkers if a train's four seconds late it's netflix for games isn't it yeah like re- really early netflix for games mm. yeah but vending machines in japan are crazy you can get everything on. well ahead of the <laughs> get out of here now please. hey you forgot the power glove oh I best not p- forget the power glove. Thanks, Freddy Krueger. Anyone that were listening, that's uh, a clip from Freddy. Freddy's dead final nightmare. If only he had died just before that one. Well, the film was a nightmare. It was. It was. So, again, the power glove is something I've never used. I'm not entirely sure what they go for nowadays. I'm, again, I'm probably a fortune. I had a look, actually, because I thought, I thought if one. they're not too bad, I'll bring one. And then I looked at it and I went, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So and and the reputation that they've got, you're not exactly going to drop a lot of money on it either, are you? No. So it's, it is a glove that fits on your hand and looks very 80s, grey and black. And now it's, until I've started doing the, the deep dive on this, I, I'm not, I wasn't sure exactly how it worked. But when you look at it, it's got a cartridge on it. A cartridge on it? A cartridge on it. Uh, a sorry, a controller on, on the arm. So as well as the traditional A and B like, buttons, etc. Like Predator. Bit like Predator, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can pre, it's got zero to nine where you can pre-program different things, different things to do. Someone might describe you as a Predator if you have one these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's why we're going to buy one. But it has some sensors at the TV end. At the TV end? Yeah. Like a Wii? Like a remote, yeah, like oh, a Wii. Oh, like, ah, okay. Right, yeah, so yeah. some sort of sensor. So it had some kind of motion control yes. elements to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, right. which I didn't, I didn't appreciate. I, did, I just I thought, just it, was thought some, it were a really crap controller. Yep. So did I. Your hand I did. Uh, but it can, it can detect a roll as you, as you roll your hands. All right, cool. As if you go, do I like this power glove? Nah, um, this and that. Maybe. Yeah, a little bit. And, um... As you move your fingers, that also sends sensors. It sends digital bits. Ooh, fancy. Down no, to the not. sensors. I yeah. did not know that. So you, all your finger flexing for it can store and 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 it feeds an analog signal to the microprocessor on the, on the glove. Nice. Which converts the analog signal into two bits per finger, tech fans. Ooh. That's eight. That's a byte. Two bits. So there's, that, so there's two ultrasonic speakers, uh, transmitters in the glove that send um, frequency to the ultrasonic microphone, which are the receivers that sit around the telly. These things must have broken. Oh, they must have melted people's brains. It would explain why my pet bats didn't like it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I mean, there is so many points of failure in that system. It's ambitious, the, though, isn't it? it Give them that. It's ridiculously ambitious. It is, but uh, so get ready for the science bit. A triangulation calculation is performed to determine the X, Y, and Z location of each of the two speakers, which specifies the yaw and roll of the hand. The only dimensions it cannot calculate is the pitch of the hand, since the hand can pitch without moving the location of the two ultrasonic speakers. Cool. I'd just like to say now for anyone listening, if you go back, take that little snippet. You have a lying in bed, struggling to get off to sleep, just... Play that back a few times. It was uh, not retailed sure. at... Not sure that would help me get off. <laughs> it was retailed, retailed at 75... US dollars. US dollars, which is equivalent to $151. Christ. Now. Yes. Wow. It, well, 2018. Yeah. And it sold nearly 1 million units. Go, no. <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> Reportedly, if you believe the internet. Well, it because of because of that daft film. The Wizard. The Wizard. Starring Savage Fred. The Wizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had two games, Super Glove Ball, which were the 3D puzzle <laughs> Another one made. of those really creative game names yeah. you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and Bad Street Brawler, which, believe it or not, is a beat-em-up game. They've uh, even said it's not very good, haven't they? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's bad. No one bought it. No, it's 80s bad. 80s bad's good. Oh, 80s bad good yeah bad like Michael Jackson bad like Michael Jackson well no he was bad wasn't he because he well it turned kids. out it was very bad yeah that's not good uh, <laughs> both of the games were playable with the standard NES controller but included moves that only could be used during the uh, using the glove uh, and uh, these two games are branded as part of the Power Glove Gaming series a wow. series made up of two they should probably rename it Power Glove Gaming Pair yeah while Super Glove Ball was American only never released in Japan since no Power Glove specific games were ever retailed in Japan, the Power Glove was sold as an alternative controller only. Oh, so dear. a million sold, two games to play it on. Yeah. A million sold. You had to use a standard controller anyway, and then it only did a bit. Yeah, all you could do is Jesus. all you could do is say to your Nintendo, maybe we ran. <laughs> <That way. laughs> didn't, didn't even understand <laughs> you sticking us all up. <laughs> Come in, terminate. <laughs> I love the power glove. It's so bad. And that's pretty much all the peripherals. That I mean, there's more. Hey, look at Wikipedia if you want to find more. We're not going to fill it with peripherals. But that'd be peripheral. We've already touched on the games, but it's probably worth mentioning that even nowadays, all the people who developed for the for the for the NES back back in the day. So you had Konami, Namco, SquareSoft, Taito, Jalico. Hudson, Acclaim, Sunsoft, Bandai, Enix, Data East, all the, the never, greats. Never heard of any of them. Have you not? Uh, oh, no. Quite popular. They've probably all died out by now. And Which just shows you all these heavy hitters. It yeah, was, they were there right at the Right at the start. Right at the beginning. And it's, then, which contributed to its overall success. And um, as usual, come the end of its life, become the best games. Yeah, which we see, which we see right up until today, all the best games come out towards the end. Yeah, with Super Mario Brothers three being the peak, which was uh, it was a peak. It was a good peak. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah if you're going to go out, you might as well go out on a bang and that on a high. Yeah, eighteen million copies Super Mario Brothers three sold. Wow, awesome! But Nintendo knew we were getting long in the tooth. You had the PC Engine coming at it. You had the Mega Drive coming at it. 
in 87, 88, respectively. Yeah. And people were going, oh, look at this shiny, shiny, like we yeah. do nowadays. Look at this mm-hmm. shiny, shiny, even though it's not. I mean, the jump nowadays we see is very minimal, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting smaller, isn't it? But imagine yeah. jumping from the NES to the Mega Drive. Well, it used to be a massive jump. All that tends to happen now is that the in-game looks like the cutscenes looked in the previous yeah. Yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the step that it makes now, isn't it? And people were, were, were leaving, so they brought out the Super Famicom. And the rest is history. That's my but all of that typical, was history. In oh, typical yeah. ways that we're even seeing nowadays, they did redesign the NES as the top loader and release that in '93. That's the one with the dog bone shaped controller, right? With the little red, little white one. Yeah, yeah. I don't Not, remember that no. at all. And, the, and the, the thing itself was kind of slim and white and had a like a ridge on the top of it with a red button. No, I don't it. remember it at all. No, oh. but I've, I've always been more of a computer person, so I, I didn't have it. So by the end of its lifetime, um, the end was 95 for the NES wow. in That's Western markets. 85, time. 12 years, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long, long time. But in Japan, it was 2003. No way. <laughs> With the, they carried on right up until 2007 supporting it, supporting the hardware. Wow. That's crazy. Do you think that's because people live longer in Japan? I don't, don't look at me with blank faces. You know, a Japanese Japanese people. people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because they're old, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, like, they lift all like 90, don't they? I don't know. Are they still gaming then, though? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah they're still going out in 2003 and buying new Famicoms. Well, come come the end of it anyway, it sold 62 million units worldwide. Wow, was a... That's a lot. Isn't it? It's mm. a lot of boxes. That I think it's fair to say Nintendo were playing with Power. You can add yeah. that in if you want. Come a long no, way from. I'm going to leave your version of it in. <laughs> it's a long way from playing cards, isn't it? Yeah, just a touch. Mm. Where they started. Right. Well, what's next? Well, this is the exciting bit. Is should it? one of the us exciting? should one of us say what's next, and then you say this is the exciting bit? Okay. Yeah, because you just answered your own question there. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is literally me just putting stuff on a page. I'm keeping all that in. Yeah, and this. <laughs> Well, and this, this. and <laughs> I'm going to keep this in, cool. and this, and this bit staying in. Well, this and this, you cut this. No, I'm going to keep that. So what's next? And this. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? So, well, okay, do you want it clean? Go for it clean. Go no. for what clean? I don't do clean. What's well, next? This is the exciting bit. What we're actually playing. The game I'm going to pull out of the super randomizer, letter A, is... Let me just reach over here and pull the lever. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny about my machine? Nothing. Nothing funny at all. I think it needs oiling. It needs something. So what I have here in my hand is a piece of paper... Or a game pack or a cartridge. It's Adventures of Dino Ricky. Never heard of it. Dino Ricky. No, don't know it. Ricky! Is it Ricky as in the name Ricky? It's Ricky from EastEnders. Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah. cool. No, it's not. Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, if you enjoyed this, you'll tell us. If you didn't, you'll tell us. The internet loves to tell people that don't they don't they? like stuff. Yeah. And we'll see you next episode for Adventure A. And uh, thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to us, you can get us at Twitter at Pixel Hunt Pod. 
or Instagram at Pixelhuntpod, or online at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. <laughs> or you can drop us an email at howdo at pixelhuntpodcast.com. And until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast, playing the game so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>